0: When we don't have a game. So I guess this can be the. Uh, the buy plan. buy plan. Toby Rowland joins us after a, a tough one What's on What's your buy plan? Uh, what are you doing this weekend? It's a good question. I want to golf. Isn't the weather going to oh, be sounds okay? Sounds great. Man, get that out. That sounds great. Hit the trails wherever we could. But that, that might. I'm really going to consume college football, though, too. I, I, I think you brought this up. This was a real good perspective about the NCAA tournament. When you are sitting at home, you can right. watch every game, and and it's awesome. When you're embedded with a team like you were with Oklahoma this year, there are times when your game is over, and most of you yeah, have no idea what happened during the day. I was like, "Oh, did you see that crazy finish? You found yeah. Something
1: here or yeah. there." And you, you know, when you go home at night and watch uh, the daily highlight show or whatever, you're like, "Oh wow, I had no idea." Right. Or you you had seen on a score that somebody won, but you didn't know the miraculous yeah. way. And, yeah. Yeah. In which they won, so when we get these bye weeks, it is nice to kind of veg on the couch. And and
0: we got some good games this weekend, weekend, too. You know, you got uh, what A&M is uh, is taking on Arkansas this weekend. So you've got some. Baylor uh,
1: and Oklahoma State in the Big 12. In the Big West 12. Virginia
0: and BYU play this weekend. I liked Dana Holgerson's comments about that. He goes, yeah, we'll see what happens whenever you get some of those teams from the West Coast, and you go out there and you play uh, coming here. So, yeah. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by West Virginia, too, because right now, West Virginia and Baylor the only undefeateds left in the Big 12. Uh, we're, we're just wrapping up. We taped this after Bob Stoops' press conference. I, uh, I love the press conference today. went in depth, talked about a lot of issues, and has the confidence they're going to get things fixed, doesn't he?
1: Yeah. I, it, he has always been, you know, really good at taking losses head on you know, and accepting the blame and walking into a press conference with his uh, chin up and chest out and saying, all right, bring on your toughest questions. I know I got to answer them. And uh, I think he did that again on Monday. He's disappointed. Everybody who is an Oklahoma football fan, player, coach, is disappointed that they're one and two right now. Uh, Two weeks and, uh, what was it, three days ago when this drops – we were waking up in Houston, Texas with the excitement of an entire season in front of us and the number three ranked team in the nation. They could maybe this was a year that Oklahoma gets a national championship number eight. That was two weeks and three days ago. Oh, yeah. And now you feel like you've kind of been uh, hit over the head with a folding chair a little bit. That They're one and two. So he's disappointed. But all you can do is try to get better. And hope that you can get on a roll, win a conference title. Best case scenario, run the table as hard as that's going to be, and see where you're sitting at the end of the year. I mentioned to a, with a Chad on the TV show, um, kind of the unfortunate thing about football is compared to basketball. We were in Hawaii this past year for the basketball season in early December, and Oklahoma played a Villanova team yeah. in Pearl Harbor, and boat raced them and after that game if you analyze those two teams you would say everything that's being said about this oklahoma ohio state football game right now oklahoma's got more talent (laughs) oklahoma's got more athletes oklahoma's got better shooters it wasn't even close they outclassed them on the basketball court in every way possible and then march rolls around and villanova's had the entire season to get better, come together, become a team, uh in some ways get healthy, and they were the national champions. And in football, that's hard to do. It, you know, it's once you get that especially second loss and in some cases first losses, it's you're not trying to get into a 68 team tournament, you're trying to get into a four team tournament. But You can get a whole bunch better by the end of the year, and who knows? Who knows how wild and zany this year gets, what we're talking about at the end of the year, but, um, I mean, I digress. Bottom line is everybody's disappointed, and if you're a coach or a player, all you can do is go out and say, all right, today let's try to get better than we were yesterday, and then we'll, we'll take it tomorrow the same way.
0: I think as fans, you automatically start the season, as you said, thinking, all right, chase for eight here we go, we got this, and then as soon as that one loss happens, you say, you know, every time the championship has a couple of one-loss teams in there, Uh, very rare to go undefeated, we still have a chance. With this second loss, everyone says, oh, we're doomed, season is over. But, you know, I'm not trying to to sunshine this or anything, but Big 12 championship is still in front of you, and this college football season has the feel of a pretty wild college football season, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Listen, Louisville looks great. But we're only through three weeks. Uh, Houston looks great. Again, only through three weeks, and they have two more short turnaround games to be played, including one of those against Louisville this year. Louisville goes to Clemson in mm-hmm. two weeks, so uh, I, I'm not ready to bury anyone yet. But with that said, as wild as you might think the season is, Toby, it's far from over. There, there's, there's still we got the Red River sh- uh, showdown coming up in this a couple next of weeks. Game is a TCU's tough. TCU is always <laughs> a fun trip to yeah. make. Um, traveling back out to Westford, there's a lot of exciting things left on the schedule. I, I don't know if I'm trying to rally the troops here more than anything else, except to say that uh, a second loss, in some ways you're doth to, not end the season. You right. start
1: to you try to pump yourself up, right? You yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, not necessarily, uh, but yeah, no, you're exactly right. And um, you go beat TCU in Fort Worth, which is a tall task. I mean, those guys in, are in kind of the same situation. They're trying to find yep. it. There was a lot of. Uh, anticipation for that team going into the season. Some people were picking them to be a potential Final Four team, and they haven't looked as good as expected early in the season. So they're trying to find it, and a win over in Oklahoma could perhaps be what would vaults them uh, into the mix. I, I, you know, who's the favorite right now in the Big Twelve?
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. Who's? Uh, I mean, I, I don't even. I wonder what the TCU's odds- got the one win, so
1: <laughs> right, and <laughs> they beat Iowa State. I mean, don't you think it's probably Oklahoma? Yeah. Maybe Texas, but certainly it was Texas before Saturday in a lot of people's minds. But them losing to Cal, I think, you know, puts a little shade on maybe how good they are. I, it, they, it's wide open Oklahoma, Texas, TCU, Baylor, West Virginia, Oklahoma State. Don't sleep on Kansas State ever. No. I just not named at all. seven teams. Yep. And um, I might have left one out that has a shot. I don't know. Texas Tech. Texas Tech. I don't think they're going to win the title, but
0: they'll beat somebody out in Lubbock they're not supposed to. Yeah, they always do every year. By the way, the Sooner Sports Podcast is brought to you in part by Riverwind Resort and Allway, uh, Allstate. Uh, Allstate, a proud sponsor of Oklahoma football. It's good to be in good hands. Um, boy, so now we go into the bye week. We have a little time, but I heard you and Chad talking about this. I've had kind of a unique perspective being in our side podcast studios. Um, I think the bye week is a, at a good time. It Agreed. Whenever the schedule first came out, you just said, wow, after three weeks, you got a bye week already. Yeah. But I think with the unfortunate circumstances on the field, and then Toby, what appears to be a bit of an injury issue right now with a couple of guys like Steven Parker, Matt Diamond, a little dinged up, I think this bye week comes at a good time. Do you?
1: I do. Have we ever said it comes at a bad time?
0: I don't know. <laughs> Unless you're just coming off a big
1: win. It does feel like it comes at a good time. Um because yeah, they are. They got uh, several guys who are bruised and uh, and and beaten up a little bit. And to get everybody back healthy again, it's unfortunate what happened to Cody Ford. Yep. Because he was off to a great start to the season, and that's a really cool story. And it looks like they've lost him for the season, or at least maybe until a, a bowl game. We'll see what healing goes like there. But um, yeah, I think it comes a good. I just want to uh, say one thing real fast about Saturday. That was. For Sooner fans that are listening, that was maybe the most awesome atmosphere I've Amazing, ever watched. Amazing, wasn't it? Game. And I wish it had gone differently and, and uh, Oklahoma had won the game. But I don't want to gloss over that stadium and those those two teams and the colors and the bands and the stripes and the American flag and the rainstorm and the tailgating. The student section. Everything that went into Saturday was why we love – this sport and there was pomp and circumstance on top of pomp and circumstance and I am related to don't hold this against me but I'm related to some big Ohio State fans (laughs) who were in town who were just blown away by the game day atmosphere and production and fan base that was in Norman on Saturday so uh i know there were some challenges out there last week that uh people wanted the fans to show up and be loud and proud and uh well done kudos to you and by the way you tell me you were on the field and we were awaiting the ohio state game to see what the acoustics were in there was it louder? yeah it was awesome it was, was it louder of, it
0: was a lot of stuff i've heard I've, I've heard from a lot of people over the last couple of days uh even those that might sit a little bit higher up one of my buddies sits in the corner of the north end zone and he was even saying it was as loud as as he can never remember it. So it was, it was an awesome atmosphere. I, I, I'm not, I, I, I'm sometimes an overly emotional guy. In case you can't tell, <laughs> uh, but when that flag came out, mm-hmm. and the flyover hit perfectly. Mm-hmm. Good job, Eli. Mm-hmm. I think we're two for two so far this yeah. year with the flyover yeah. hitting perfectly. Uh, and, and then they unfurled the flag and the 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 chime hits. And the video board lights up with the intro video, and the fireworks are going off, and the place is just electric. And maybe an extra hour and a half of tailgating helped those who, <laughs> maybe it helped those get a little bit. While Toby, I, it was, it was one of those moments where you kind of found yourself getting caught up in, and, and you couldn't help it, right? Because the fans answered the call on Saturday. Put on a
1: good show. I mean, these guys at Sooner Vision, and you mentioned uh, Eli with marketing, oh. and. Uh, you know, there's this question kind of circling out there in sports today because of HD television and how good the home viewing experience is. It, whether it's the NBA or the NFL or college football, uh, why do you go to the game? That's why you go to the game because the experience inside the stadium Saturday night was simply off the charts.
0: Yep, uh, pretty special. I was I was going back here because I was trying to think about the times in which. We have, quote unquote, said, and not we, the royal we, the fans. Oh, it's it's over, it's done. They're they're doomed. I was thinking back to that Thursday night game, a couple of years ago in Waco, after Oklahoma had lost forty-one to twelve. That was the season with the mm-hmm. great start when they started five and zero. They lost to Texas in the Red River rivalry. I think that was uh, was that Max last year, mm-hmm. and uh, then they won two more games. So they're sitting. At uh, what was that seven and one going into Baylor, and they got beaten. And at that point, everyone thought, "Oh, they're they're done." They reeled off three straight wins, went to the Sugar Bowl, and and yeah. and played well. That next season, oh, after the the loss at home to Baylor, which was probably prior, still one of the worst home losses that they had had, and that that had been a bit of a rough season with some injuries. But they went on and won two of their final three games. So my point is, we've seen. Uh, Last year, I mean, a lot of people point to last year with Texas and how they were able to still bounce back. Toby, we've seen this team consistently over the last three years find ways to overcome adversity, haven't we?
1: Yeah. um, I'm not all that worried about the offense. I think that we have seen enough of what Baker and Samaje and Joe and Mark Andrew specifically can do, and I do think they have other wide receivers. You know, A.D. Miller got a second touchdown the other night. They got – D.D. is a good – I'm not that worried about them on offense. I think they're close. I mean, they moved the ball on a really good defense the other night for over 400 yards and ran it for – you know, if you take away the sacks, they ran it for over 200. Um, They got to get better at cashing in in the red zone. Uh, they stalled out on that opening drive, had to settle for three, and missed it. They had first and goal at the three, and Baker took a silly sack the other night, and then the next play had dropped it open, touchdown pass. So they've got to get better at finishing drives, getting sevens instead of threes or threes instead of zeros. But I think they're going to get that going. I think the the concern about this team is making plays on defense. We haven't seen it yet. That seems like, and Teddy did a good job talking the other night about this in the postgame. It seems like they have been reactionary and on their heels all year so far. Instead of taking the fight to an offense, they've been trying to react to what offenses are doing to them. With Ohio State, it was the end-over formation. Uh, Houston was the first to start picking on that other corner position. And somehow, they've got to – Change from a reactionary defense to an on-the-toes, take the fight to the offense, make plays type defense. Zero interceptions through three yeah. games. Only two turnovers have been forced through three games. Um, you know that's got to change, and I don't know. I don't know how. I don't have the answer. I don't know if it's a personnel change that has to be made, or what it is. But that's the biggest concern for me going forward.
0: All right. Um, before, we, before we wrap up, a couple of things. Even with the bye week, we'll still have our podcast on Thursday. Uh, that uh, Actually, we tape on Thursday. drops on Friday. For those of you that subscribe through Soonersports.tv slash podcast on our SoundCloud page, you can actually get that early on Thursday night. And I think... I speak for both of us when I say there's there's no giving up on this team. You know, it's not one of those situations where you look at it and suddenly – your analogy with basketball is great. I know some are like, oh, it's basketball, football. But I love the mentality and the way to think about it.
1: Well, teams get better, and it's the – um, you know, in in basketball you can lo- – and in baseball season too, we've seen plenty of college baseball teams that we've covered through the years that struggle early and get better, or go the other way. Right. We, we see teams that are barn burners to start the season, and then we end it and we go, remember when we thought they were good? Mm-hmm. So we're talking about college kids. <laughs> I, mean, I have one, and I know how wildly erratic and they can be, and uh, it's amazing how things can change. And some, You and I and everybody. We get caught looking at a team on a particular Saturday or basketball team on a Tuesday night or whatever and saying that's who they are. Right. The team that we saw for the three hours this Saturday, that's who they are. And it changes. It evolves. Teams get better. They get coached up. They get healthier. They get hurt, perhaps. Uh, They find something on offense that they hadn't found before or on defense. Will Johnson gets inserted into the starting lineup last year and Boom. Things change, and so hang in there. Hang in there. <laughs> I mean, this is—we are off to a bumpy
0: start to this season. But uh, let's see what happens. Can I, say, can I say one more thing? I'm kind of it's excited. Your podcast, brother. It's our podcast. Uh, I'm kind of excited to see some of these young guys get a chance. Uh-huh. I'm intrigued by seeing a little bit more of that Emmanuel Beal. Intrigued by seeing a little bit more of Caleb Kelly. Toby, I—I I know that one of the popular narratives is. Oh, gosh, uh, Ohio State just so much better. But I'm real excited to see some of these young guys get a chance Michael to develop for Oklahoma. Oh, absolutely. Had a couple of opportunities and formations on uh, Saturday night. So I think the, uh, I think the, the young talent is really going to be a key here for the Sooners. And, listen, they need some leaders to step up. I thought Rufus's post-game interview with Ahmed Thomas uh, was fantastic. Yeah. And just basically more than an interview, just two guys hashing out what it takes to be a leader. And uh, the Sooners need that to step up on the. Defensive a, side isn't of the that such
1: an interesting thing in sports? Um, and, and it's not just a college thing; it's a high school thing, and a junior high thing, and a pro thing. But leaders, and in, in some ways, you can develop leaders, but not a lot. Not a lot. I mean, a, a lot of the time, a guy is a leader because he was a born leader, right? Exactly. You know, Eric Stryker. They didn't make Eric Stryker into Eric Stryker. That's just how he is. Nobody made Baker Mayfield into May. That's just who he is, and that's a part of recruiting that nobody really talks about. You're looking at speeds and heights and weights and touchdowns and things, and I think there is evaluation that goes into. I know it is. I know. Lon- I've talked to Lon Kruger about this. We evaluate how guys behave off the field, and I'm sure Bob does too to see what their leadership skills are going to be or their coachability skills are going to be like when they get here. And uh, we'll see. I, I don't know. I'm not at practice. I don't know who's a leader <laughs> and who's not a leader. I'm pretty sure Baker Mayfield is vocal. But other than that, uh, I don't know who is. But uh, I always find the leadership discussion to be an interesting one because it's like if you're a week four and you say, we got to develop some more leaders, what does that look like? I mean, is that a class? Do you bring them into – uh, a seminar of some sort, leadership <laughs> seminar or something? I mean, you know, you kind of either are or you aren't.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, Toby, uh, enjoy the bye week. And right. We'll check with, in with you on Thursday. Again, we'll still have our Thursday podcast. It'll drop late Thursday afternoon. Until then, everyone have a great week. And boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air.